Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This morning on the third hour of today, we're talking with two of Team USA's newest medal winners, snowboarder Lindsay Jacobellis, the first U.S. athlete to win gold in Beijing, joining us live with her incredible comeback story. And skier Colby Stevenson, who caught big air and a silver medal in what he calls a miracle run. Then Olympic icon Lindsey Vaughn weighing in on the shocker of these games. Alpine skier Michaela Schifrin's struggles on the slopes. All that and Emmy winner Ewan McGregor live with an exclusive first look at his new Super Bowl commercial. Today, Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. From NBC News, this is a special edition of the third hour of today, the Winter Olympics, live from Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third hour of today. I'm Al, along with Chanel and Dylan here on our Olympic Plaza. Craig is over in Beijing, and my friend, you did a spectacular job last oh. night hosting NBC's oh. primetime Olympic coverage. It was terrific. We felt like proud siblings. I see it. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. You rocked Thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate that. How Thanks do you for feel? Up. Hey, uh, oh, I'm asleep right now. My eyes are open. <laughs> the words are coming out of my mouth, but, uh, but, but I'm actually sleeping. Fair so, enough. But here's the thing. You know, every day I've been trying to bring you a little glimpse of Chinese culture. Yes. No matter where you travel here, Oh, there's a good pretty. chance that you will see lanterns oh. like these. Mm -hmm. These these lanterns, they uh, they hold an important place in Chinese culture. There are even records of lanterns dating back as far as 2,000 years. In fact, oh my goodness. the annual Lantern Festival, it takes place next week. It's celebrated oh, wow. every year on the 15th day of the Chinese calendar. Uh, so these lanterns, we've been <laughs> sending back some of the stuff to you guys. Uh, we can't send these back because they're too expensive. That's going to be so beautiful. <laughs> so that's that's gonna be so I, beautiful I will say though. Calvin came home from school and he made the the car, uh, the construction paper ones uh -huh. out of the red construction paper. So we actually do, Craig, have them all around our go. house right now. A cheaper version, but yes. Yeah. Uh, you you must be working cheaper, on yes. not a lot of sleep, my friend. No, no, I'm not, Al. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we'll, hey, listen, I can't complain to you. Like no one that sleeps is true. Uh, less than Al Roker. So. <laughs> By the way, with, with the lanterns, they uh -huh. also represent prosperity and joy. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing this morning. We are hoping for prosperity and joy for Michaela Schifrin. Um, every Olympics, we feel the ebb. We feel the flow of emotions. Her struggles, though, have been uh, especially tough this week. Last night, Schifrin disqualified from the slalom competition after missing the fifth gate on her very first run. And then she sat stunned in the snow for more than 20 minutes. You'll recall earlier this week, it was Shriffin that, that crashed in another event, the giant slalom. Few people know the pressure of the mountain, the pressure of the expectations that Michaela Schifrin is facing better than Lindsey Vaughn, three-time Olympic medalist, arguably the greatest female skier of all time. Mm. And one of our newest colleagues has been doing some excellent analysis for us over the past few days. Lindsey Vaughn, good morning to you. Good morning. 
Hey, so let's 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 start with with the slope because here's the thing. I mean, Michaela Schiffrin, she's had some troubles uh, on that slope, but but there have been a slew of other skiers who seem to be seem to be having some trouble as well. Is there a problem perhaps with with the slope itself that's causing some of these falls, causing some of these stumbles? I mean, I think it's just really been hard for the athletes to get a rhythm and feel for the snow. You know, it's 100% man-made, which isn't entirely abnormal, but I guess because of the humidity, um, it's very aggressive. Uh, in the Giant Solemn, it was a combination of really aggressive and really icy. So no, none of the athletes have really had a great feeling for the snow. Um, Petra Volhova, who won, had a really difficult first run. Her coaches said she just didn't have a good feeling for that type of snow. So it's, it's not an abnormal situation and you know again ski racing happens so fast and she made one small error and you know she was out of the course so it happens you know again she's human she's an athlete she's pushing the limits and that's just the, the name of the game unfortunately now the the olympics obviously a world stage coming back from one bad run i can only imagine but now to come back from two when all eyes are on her you know better than anyone i mean what could be going through her mind right now well, I mean, anytime you don't finish a race, it's always frustrating, especially at this level, at the Olympics, when all eyes are on you. And of course, she really wanted to bring home gold for, for the U.S., for herself, for her family. Um, but she really has to find a way to just forget about those two races, move forward. She still has three more chances to win medals. Um, all of those events, she is more, she's more than capable of even winning those races. So just remember the positives. Um, she was pushing the limits again, and that's you know, what happens. You're risking, you're trying, right, and, yeah. and you know, she, she gave it everything she had, and she has to you know, hang on to that. Right. You know, Lindsay, the last Olympics with, with, uh, with what we've seen with gymnastics and now this, it, it seems to have really focused a, a, a spotlight on on mental health and and what the mental part of this this sport, any sport, really takes. And, and are, are we reevaluating that as we're going now? Well, I mean, I'm so happy that the conversation is being had. Um, I think it's always been a bar to sports, but we just haven't known about it. We have no one's been really outspoken about them. I had my own mental health issues for, for since I was 18 years old, mm -hmm. but you know, never was really able to speak out about it. Didn't even tell my family. Um, you know, it's just you, you feel as an athlete that you can never show any signs of weakness, not just for yourself, but also your competitors. You know, you don't want anyone to know that you aren't 100% strong 100% of the time. So, you know, I think. The biggest thing for everyone is just to have empathy. You know, these athletes are human beings. Of course, we love our sports. We want to do well. We're doing everything we can to be the best in the world. And not every day is a great day, unfortunately. And, you know, just having that level of understanding, I think, is just the most important thing. Lindsay, you've done such a good job with this. You know, I think we appreciate it. And I know the athletes do, too, because you're in an interesting position because you know what they've been through. So we really appreciate the insight. Done a fantastic well, I mean, I, I feel lucky to be able yeah. to, you know, help kind of explain what, what they're feeling right. potentially and what they're going through. You know, it's it's so there's so much pressure on these athletes again. And and more than anything, we want to perform yeah. for our home sure. country. And I think, you know, just have to keep that in mind. Well, we just want to send them love and good vibes. Yes. Yep. So that's Absolutely. Send them Absolutely. Positive Absolutely. The vibes our way. Lindsey Bond, as always, thank you for being thank with you. us thank you. this morning. All right, Craig? So now to another Lindsey, uh, who just secured her place in Olympic history. Last night, it was snowboarder Lindsey Jacob Ellis, who won Team USA's very first gold medal of these games. And it was a sweet moment of redemption for 
for one of the best to ever step onto a snowboard. And Lindsay Jacob Ellis joining us live this morning. Lindsay, good morning to you. Congratulations, Yay. gold medal winner. Just a, a few hours ago, I think, I think that, let's make sure we've got our audio up, guys. Yes, she's got you. It's a little bit of a Just a few hours ago, Lindsay, you were on that podium collecting that gold medal. Um, and yours is a remarkable story. We love it so much. 36 years old, your fifth Olympics. How does it feel to have that hardware around your neck? This has been a pretty incredible journey, and it has not been without its struggles. I've definitely had my ups and downs, and I'm just so happy that I was able to come through uh, with a gold and have everything just work for me today. Well, I know your family and friends wish they could be celebrating with you right now. Tell me, who's the first person you talked to? Who was that? Who got that first phone call? I just actually got off the phone or FaceTime with my brother. I've been kind of ushered from media event to media event and doping control and press and medal ceremonies. I haven't really had even time to fully get uh, undressed and relaxed or just barely got a little food. So uh, right as I was having some quick little dinner break before getting on and talking with you guys, I was able to talk with my brother for a few minutes. And, and Lindsay, I understand you just came back from the medal ceremony. You've got that that hardware now. How, how's, how does that feel? And where, where are you going to keep this one? Um, I think I'm going to let this stay at my parents' house for a little bit. They've been uh, pretty instrumental in supporting my entire journey from the very start. So I think this also belongs with uh, the 2006 silver medal as well, because it definitely was uh, pretty instrumental as getting me to this moment as well. Oh, that's terrific. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, you Lindsay. Just ahead here, just ahead, another Team USA medal winner who also has a a really incredible story to share. Snowboarder Colby Stevenson is such a miracle moment. The third hour of today, right back after this. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is 
constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back now with what's being called a miracle medal. Team USA's Colby Stevenson soaring to big air silver in his Olympic debut. And it's an incredible comeback just six years after a horrific car crash that nearly cost him his life. A short time ago here in Beijing, I had a chance to talk to Colby about that amazing recovery and his unlikely journey to the podium. Congratulations. Thank you. How does, how does it feel? I mean, it's pretty heavy metal. It, it, can I, can I? Yeah. Just, you're right. These are actually heavier than Tokyo. Too. It is exquisite. That's um, beautiful. Where do you put it? What do you do with it? I don't know yet. I mean, this is my first Olympic event and uh, first time ever to the Olympics, so. Yours is a remarkable story. It's, it's been well documented. Here you were at death's door, uh, medically induced coma, skull fracture, broken neck mm -hmm. uh, there was some question about whether you would live whether you would walk and look at you now when something like that happens Kobe how does that change how you compete how does how does that yeah. change how you live yeah so I mean basically waking up in a hospital bed and tell, having the doctor tell me what happened I just like the next following months were just a full reset in my entire life you know I started looking at things in a different way and just uh having to shift my focus more from like being a top level athlete to more just like, you know, enjoying the little moments in life. And this, this, the more things I got back, I was able to do, you know, I started riding my bike again or like going on hikes. It was just, I had this new found appreciation for it. And uh, I took that into skiing as well. Um, and when I first got back onto skis, it was like I was a little kid, you know, learning to ride a bike or something, just amazing. and. Uh, yeah, I took that same mentality into my first competition uh, eight months after the accident, uh, a World Cup in Italy, and ended up winning just because I was skiing for the love of the, love of the sport and yeah. just feeling so grateful to be in that position. You know, one of the things that, that's striking about your story, there's so many things. You cheat death, but yet you go out and you do this event where it seems as if, as if every time you, you could end up you know back in the hospital bed i mean big air watching it on television it's it, it looks sick yeah. for us mere mortals confined by gravity mm -hmm. what's it like i mean what walk me through what <laughs> it feels like because i mean we're talking five full rotations that's what we saw to yeah get yeah um it feels like you're flying man like that's why we all got into it when we were kids like we just wanted to catch air and then you know, you want to just catch more air. And then you're like, okay, I want to start doing 360s. And then I want to do a backflip. And then, you know, the rest was history after that. Um, but yeah, when we're doing these huge triple corks and um, 1800s, it's, uh, it's a whirlwind for sure. And it, you don't like see as much as you think you would, but it's more just like proprioception and like knowing where you are in space and time. Yeah. And you just kind of, you, you start doing it enough to where it's like muscle memory and, uh, you just kind of know where you are and you kind of trust your instinct because 
It's when you're doing the, you're not actually thinking. You're kind of just in this flow state where your body's just doing what your brain's telling it to do. Well, we are uh, so proud that you are catching air for Team USA. Thank you for making us so proud. And good luck in the Slopestone. Thanks a lot, man. So cool. And, and, and by the way, that slope style uh -huh. is next week. Big Air, not even his, his favorite of the events. The slope style is his specialty. So there's a very good chance that Kobe will medal again. That's amazing. Yeah. He's the kind of guy, if he writes a book, I'd buy it, I'd read it. I mean, the willpower <laughs> he take had. Quotes and yeah. The strength, no, seriously, to come back from like, an inter, in, injury like that? I feel like, yeah, such a slacker. You know? Oh, my god. This guy, I mean, had these incredible injuries and comes back and does this. So what's our excuse? It's amazing. It's my neck kind of hurts right now, and I'm like, you're right, and you're, you let us all know. <laughs> it was a great interview, Craig. All right, when we come back, looking ahead to a huge night on the ice, figure skater Nathan Chin's pursuit of gold. Who better to break it down than Olympic gold medal winner Scott Hamilton? Scotty! He's joining us live. And then later, our Steve Kornacki has a full breakdown of the halfpipe with a closer look at Team USA's snowboarding stars. We'll be right back. Well, we've been talking about anticipation all morning. Tonight, figure skater Nathan Chen going for the gold medal in the men's free skate. He's already lit up these Beijing games with an electrifying short program that set a new world record. Now, tonight, Chen will be back on the ice with a chance to lock up his first goal. Joining us once again with a preview is 1984 gold medal winner and analyst for Olympic ice on Peacock, Scott Hamilton. Scott, good morning. Good morning. This is so exciting. It is. Oh, it really it is. is. It is. Like, everybody is talking about, uh, you know, waiting to see Nathan on the ice. So I, I want to ask you, because you know what it's like to not medal in your first Olympics and then get that second chance being the heavy favorite going into it. So, I mean, the final skate's coming up. So what could possibly be going through Nathan's head right now? I think it's just yeah, relying on his experience, relying on his training, relying on his uh, dominance. I mean, you look back over his three world championships he's won since the last Olympics, and it's extraordinary what he's been able to accomplish in just gathering more points than any other human being in this scoring system. He's just remarkable as he's changed the sport quad after quad after quad after quad, and and uh, you know everybody else is just trying to figure out a way to catch up or even mm. catch him in this Olympics, which. Um, is kind of up to Nathan because if he skates his normal game, um, he's unbeatable. So, so Scott, look when you when you won your gold. I mean, you were at the top of your game. You, the athleticism was what it was then, and now we've moved to this point. Talk to me, if you can, about how how much it takes to propel yourself into the air in four revolutions, not just once, but multiple times. I don't oh. think we can possibly even imagine this. Well, you're asking the wrong guy because I never did that, right? So, you know, it's just, I look at the skaters now in complete awe, but you know, it's, it's the world we live in and, and the techniques have changed. Everything has changed to allow these skaters to be able to step into a, the reality of four turns being accepted and, and expected. And, and, you know, so, you know, getting into your Olympic preparation, it's just for me, and I'm sure it's the same for all of them, uh, you know, Brian and Evan and everyone else, it's to eliminate every would've, could've, and should've. So when you step on that ice of the Olympic Games, you can get into the moment saying, I've done every single thing I can, I can do to prepare for this moment, and now mm -hmm. I just have to accept what's next. 
Scott, let's talk about the competition for just a moment here. What about reigning two-time Olympic gold medalist uh, Yuzuru Hanyu in the run-up to Beijing and uh, the short program? This was going to be a big showdown, but he's going into, into tonight in eighth place. Can he catch up statistically? Is it possible? Well, you know, I never say never. I've replaced never in my long life. Long life replaced Ooh. never with. I can't imagine a scenario that would allow. <laughs> so I never say never anymore. But that being said, you know, he's behind. He's got two Japanese fellow countrymen that are phenomenal, excellent, experienced, and uh, extremely consistent. So his, his, his battle up, I mean, it's, it'd be like, you know, a, a downhill skier skiing uphill, you know, if that's a, a good uh. analogy. But... It, it's going to be really tough for him in practice. He's still focused and almost obsessed with a quad axle. It's close, not close, you know. And it's just, it feels like he didn't come into this Olympics with a real plan. Everything was put on the quad axle. If he lands it, that's great. It's history. He's already made history winning two Olympic titles. But to get on the podium, it's really going to be a steep climb, really steep. Finally, Scott, who else should we be watching out for? Who has the best chance of meddling in this competition? And really quickly, I fell in love with Jason Brown. You know, I had a chance to interview him there in Nashville. He is such an awesome guy, such a delight. His strategy is completely different. He's very consistent on, on his elements. They're not quite as difficult as the top men, but there's no one who skates as well as he does. When his feet are on the ice, no one, guys, no one. He, he's, he's remarkable in his artistry and his choreography and his difficulty there. But um, when you're looking at, at the medals tonight, I would expect the top three men that are there now with Chen and Kageyama and Uno, I think those are going to be your top three men and, 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 and consistent. They're all prepared. And, uh, you know, I could, I could di you know, dive into the points because it's all about points. Um, um, and if I did, you'd be you'd be expecting Nathan Chen to walk away with a gold medal easily. But you know, there's something about stepping onto the ice, onto the ice, five rings on it, that changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> Next factor, I'm sure. Up a little bit, and yeah. you're just a little bit tighter yeah. than all the other competitions. Oh, so yeah. Hopefully, Nathan will rise to the occasion, and uh, the United States will win another gold medal. Oh, gold I'm sure medal he will. Scott Hamilton, thank you so much. We love your insight, as always. Thank you. And don't forget, you can catch Nathan Chen in action live tonight on NBC and Peacock. Olympic coverage begins at 8 Eastern. And you can hear more of Scott's analysis. Tune into Olympic Ice. It's streaming at 10 a.m. Eastern on Peacock. All right. Hey, Craig, thank you so much. We're going to let you get some sleep, buddy. You're, you're, you're at the podium again tonight, right? Uh, yes, for, for the West Coast. Oh, good. Okay, great. Okay. Well, we'll but I'm going to get up early and go see Nathan Chen. All right, yeah. well, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, my friend. Bye, Craig. And when we come back, Steve Kornacki live looking ahead to some huge events, and he's going to take us inside Sean White's epic career. Then later, Ewan McGregor live sharing a preview of his new Super Bowl commercial and... And find out about his new Star Wars series. <laughs> Contain your excitement. Oh, I'm sir. so excited. <laughs> Third hour today, I'll be right back. Welcome back. So, over in Beijing, the athletes are chasing gold, but around here, 
Our favorite color is khaki. <laughs> NBC News national political correspondent Steve Kornacki with his khakis is here to look ahead to some epic events coming up this week. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, hey, we may have some gold in the future, too, for the U.S. couple big opportunities right. here. That's right. We're talking uh, snowboard halfpipe finals. What's ahead for the women tonight? Yeah, let's start right there. And here the United States has the defending gold medalist in this event, Chloe Kim. She topped the leaderboard in the qualifying round, landed all five of her tricks on her first run. So she goes into this uh, final tomorrow, uh, tonight, I should say, as the favorite, as the defending gold medalist. And you just look at the history of the women's halfpipe here. This debuted back in 1998 as an Olympic sport. The U.S. just absolutely runs laps around the world. And again, this was Chloe Kim in 2018 with one of those golds. Here's a chance for her coming into this final to add what would be a second gold medal for her and a fifth for the U.S. women in the women's halfpipe event. Not bad. What about the men? What can we expect uh, for their final competition? So here we've got really interesting story. You can look at the history. Again, the U.S. men have also dominated in this event since it began. Three of the four gold medals that the U.S. men have won in the halfpipe have been won by Sean White. Yeah. And Sean White, 35 years old, that seems very young to me. Yes. In the world of, half, of, of snowboarding, though, that's getting up there in years. Yeah. This is yeah. the last go-around for Sean White. It was a little touch-and-go in the qualifying. He was 17th place after his first run, but he turned it around after, after his second run, and he's going to take one more shot at Olympic gold. He mm. is into the final. Could get his fourth gold medal. Could get his fourth medal. Any medal that Sean White gets here would break the all-time snowboarding record. He's got three golds so far. If he could get a fourth medal of any kind, that would be a record okay. in and of itself. So speaking of Sean White, I mean, he's been doing this, Steve, for a long time now. So can you just remind people some of his record-breaking moves? <laughs> I love this one. The, we, they call this one, you're seeing a little shot of it here, the double McTwist 1260. You, oh my you might think you'd see this on a fast food menu somewhere. <laughs> Trust me, a lot tougher to pull off than it is to get a sandwich like that. What is this? What he's trying to do here is three and a half twists oh in gosh. the air while simultaneously doing two flips. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and this is, this is why he's made it into the final. He tried this on his first run in the qualifying round, and uh. he fell. Then he tried it again on the second run. He pulled it off. Oh this is why he's got There you go. Looking at a little video of it right there. Yeah, try doing this one at your local uh, ski course. <laughs> but uh, he pioneered that move back in 2010 in Vancouver. He actually wow. said back then he prefers to call it the tomahawk because he had had a tomahawk steak. Oh. He, but uh, this double McTwist 1260 mm -hmm. is what's stuck. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, all right, so let's switch gears now, Steve. Uh, Sunday Super Bowl face-off. That's why this is, of course, the once in a lifetime kind of deal. Uh, we're going to go to the we're going to go to uh, the Super Bowl. Okay, so the faceoff between the Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams not the only must see event. Uh, what can we expect from women's speed skating? Well, yeah, here's your here's your warm up for Super Bowl Sunday in the right. morning. You've got the women's 500 Lord. meter in speed skating. And we talked a little bit about this story the other day. Two Americans here, Aaron Jackson, Brittany Bow. They're friends. They're both going to be competing here uh, in this 500-meter event. Both of them are from 
Ocala, Florida, that hotbed of winter sports we've been talking about. They learned skating, inline skating, behind a grocery store That's in their cool. hometown. Now they're getting a shot to go for some gold again. Look at that. The women's 500. Mm. U.S. has a great history here in the women's 500 meter, but it's been a while. Okay. The last time the U.S. was winning medals here, Bonnie Blair back in the 1990s. Oh, wow. Bit of a drought here, so let's see mm. if there's a chance to turn that around. All right, okay. Steve, and sorry for double clutching on that Super Bowl thing. Yeah, uh, like, you're thinking, where's he going with yeah. this? That's sorry about that. Sorry about that. All right, Steve Kornacki, thanks so Thank much. You, Good Steve. to see you. If you ever want to wear red pants or something like that, we won't judge. Don't feel obligated to wear khakis. One, one of these days, I'll surprise you, and I, you won't know what hit you. Okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> like hot pink pants. Wow. Okay, Steve. <laughs> hot pants. I'm loving it. Thank you. All Steve. right, coming up next, the one and only Ewan McGregor is live. We are going to catch up on some exciting new projects that he's working on, and he's going to share an exclusive look at his very own Super Bowl commercial. And then tomorrow, another huge star you'll be seeing on Super Bowl Sunday, comedy icon Mike Myers will join us live. We'll be right back. We're so excited because this morning we are catching up with Emmy-winning actor Ewan McGregor. The world collectively swooned when he played Christian in the hit film Moulin Rouge. And, of course, he took on the famous role of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars franchise. Not to mention his Emmy-winning turn as a fashion designer, Halston, in the series of the same name. Now Ewan is starring in a new Super Bowl commercial for Expedia that's encouraging all of us to get out and see the world. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you guys? We are cannot complain. We do have a little fire here, so we're okay, even though you look nice and warm today. <laughs> it's cozy here, but it looks, I don't know. I don't know how much heat you're getting off that fire. No, I mean, you know, it's it enough. Well, congratulations on this ad. You know, listen, we should mention you're you know, a paid spokesperson for Expedia, but you're the perfect person for this because from what we know, you know, you're encouraging people to get out and travel, which is something I understand that you love. I do. I do. I've been lucky to travel all around the world. Uh, with my work, but also with my best friend Charlie on, on our big motorcycle trips, a uh, long way round and long way down and long way up. And um, I've been really proud about the results of those trips and that people come up to me and say that they've watched the show and they were encouraged to, to go out and travel themselves. And that's always made me really proud. There we are. I love it. And um, so, yeah, Expedia approached me and I uh, thought it was a really good fit, you know? It and, is. Uh, I've never done a Super Bowl commercial, which I, I thought was fun, fun and funny. And um, I liked very much the idea they came up with. It seemed to, it seemed to be, it was, it was easy for me to do because I sort of believed <laughs> in the message. And yeah, I was happy to do it. You know, you know, and I, one of the things about travel that I think we forget is that we get to meet people who may be different than we are. But when you go out and you meet those people, you find out we've got a lot more in common than we have differences. Always. That's always the case. I found that all around the world. We've we've uh, experienced the kindness of human beings all over the world and uh, Mongolia and Kazakhstan, people who have very, very different lives from us and villages in Africa, in Ethiopia, northern Ethiopia. And people are always, in our experience, uh, kind and, you know, we've been we've been fed by people in villages in Africa who have nothing to get, who want to share what they have with us. and. It, it does. It gives. It feeds your soul. It, it gives you a, 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 a. It gives you a very nice feeling about the world. I think. I agree. I think it changes yeah, you. It for does sure. for the better. Well, people will be traveling. Speaking of traveling, all over to see the Super Bowl on Sunday. Are you a big Super Bowl person? No, no. <laughs> no? You know, let me tell you something. You, you 
so let me, so let me tell you something. So during the commercial break, I asked our producers, and Alan and Dylan and I, we were laughing. I said, I'm supposed to ask him if he's a Super Bowl person. And I asked Al, I said, does he like the Super Bowl? And Al goes, we'll find out together. And then I said, what if he's like, no, Chanel, I don't watch the Super Bowl. And you literally just did truth. exactly I'm what we said. I've lived in America for some years now, uh, a lot of years now, but I, my experience of the Super Bowl is being invited to people's houses to Super Bowl parties. And then you never get to watch the game. No, Someone's true. chatting and eating. And I just, want to, I, I just want to sit and watch the game to enjoy it, you know? Hey, hey you, before we go, I got to tell you, I, I'm so excited about the, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series yeah. coming out on Disney+. Plus. What can you tell me about this? It comes out this year... Um, and it's, I really think it won't disappoint. It was wonderful to make. It was just wonderful to be back in his shoes and work with some, some of my old friends from the, the original movies. Deborah Chow was our director for all of these episodes and she's absolutely brilliant. What a brilliant leader. And um, I think we've done something really wonderful. I, I, I've seen some of it and uh, I love it. I think, it. I think the fans are gonna be very happy. Can't, oh, wait. Cannot can't wait. wait. Also, so can't excited. wait to see you as Cricket in the, the upcoming Pinocchio. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. So many, it's such a range. You and thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, you'll get to My a fun pleasure. Super Bowl party this weekend. That's right. I'm, yeah, come on over. We're, we're having a good time. All right. Well, thank coming you. up next, we've got two women who created a mission based around food and love. They're going to share some really great Chinese recipes with us as the third hour of today continues. <laughs> Bye, Hewitt. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want. And when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated, all right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. This morning, we are joined by two young women whose hearts are even bigger and warmer than the recipes they're cooking for us today. Moon Lin Tsai and Yin Chang are the founders of Heart of Dinner, a New York City nonprofit delivering warm meals to members of the Asian community who are isolated or elderly. And since the project began at the start of the pandemic, they have packaged more than 100,000 meals in their signature brown paper bags that also double as love notes. And they are here to share some traditional and meaningful dishes. And we are so excited to have you here. We're so excited to be here. Thank you Thank so you. much. It's an honor. Me. Thank it, you. It, it's just so nice to have you because, um, you know, you're, you're really going to get into the, the tradition of fish mm. in Chinese culture. Yes. I mean, even the word for fish is yes. something special, right? Yes. Uh, yu is 
phonetically similar to a word that represents uh, prosperity and Ooh. abundance. So That's everything great. has meaning and everything has so much thought behind it. It can also be intimidating, though. I've never actually cooked <laughs> with a whole fish before. <laughs> well, don't worry. Very... She's here, so I'm a little intimidated <laughs> as well. So thank goodness. So it's very simple. You'll start off with the whole fish. You don't want to fillet. You want to keep it full for abundance. And then what you're going to do is just cut it dry first. Mm -hmm. And this will work with any whole white flesh fish. And, and it's got to get scaled, right? Got to get scaled and uh, clean. Yeah, okay. patting it dry is really important so that oil doesn't fly all over the place. Oh. Okay. And right now I am julienning the ginger, and this is so delicious to add depth and flavor and complexity. Um, so then right now after we're done and you're going to cut it into little matchstick size pieces, mm -hmm. we're going to bring the fish over to the steamer here okay. as well. And a lot of times your fishmonger will clean it and gut it. Yes, absolutely. It. So. If you can ask them even to remove the center bone, that's uh -huh. great too. Yes. Okay. Alrighty. And then we're gonna Ooh. Fish. So that's just water in there. And yep. that's just steamed water. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then there it now goes. Now do you put, uh, what goes in next? And then we're gonna put a little bit of rice wine to cut the fish. Mm. Do you need the steamer to be able to really do this effectively? You do. You do. Yeah. You do. Well, there's a trick. Well, I, I, you know, a lot of people don't have steamers like this out. <laughs> a quick trick that my mom used to do is to put it in the microwave for three minutes. Uh -huh. Really? Oh. Yeah. See, it works trick. not everybody has the fancy, you know. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so that's the ginger. So it doesn't Scallion. take much. Yeah. And a little bit of soy sauce just to steam it with a little bit of flavor. Mm. And then off we're done. And how long does that take? It's about seven to ten minutes, depending okay. on the size of your fish. Okay. okay. You know, let's talk about so the next part here. And you always say, even bok choy, like there's so many things that have meaning, but let's try this really quickly. All right, Dylan, you want yours? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. It's funny, you girls were asking how. How we like eating fish at yeah, like, nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I love it. This is this love. is no problem for me. Us too. Oh we do God, love so a good. simple breakfast. We usually also at home will sometimes good? have mackerel over oh. rice and it's so delicious. Yeah. Oh, this wow. is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Oh, All right, so let's talk about bok choy. I don't oh gosh, the bok choy. So that's one of our favorites. Mm. Okay. So we want to start off with aromatics like ginger, some garlic, and completely optional if you want some fried shallots that we have over Ooh. here. Okay. And it adds a lot of aroma. So it delicious. smells good. Oh, tell me about it. Your oh, home is going to be filled up with delicious mm. smells. You want to saute that a little bit. Okay. And you just want to make sure that garlic does not burn. Right. And so you want to do it for about 30 seconds. We do that at home. And what we're going to do is we're going to grab some whole bok choy. It's this so is, good for you, too. Oh, it's so healthy. Yeah. Talk about nutrition and all the good luck. So we grew up having this for Lunar New Year especially because what it represents is wishing your family long life, oh. longevity. And that's really important because okay. it's filial piety here where we respect our elderly very deeply. Oh, I love that. Yes, and that's an abundance. And what's the significance of the fruit plate? Oh, gosh. So yeah. that's her actual favorite. She I loves her love fruits. Fruit plate. <laughs> so and I'm so happy that the oranges, they look like little nuggets of gold. Uh -huh. So it symbolizes wealth. The dragon fruit, dragon being oh, strength and power. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you also have the papaya that's also abundance and wealth. Mm. And then the pomelo to symbolize unity and wholeness as a family. Wow. Abundance, well, wealth, prosperity. You. I love yes. it. Happy New Year. Happy, happy, happy New, so New Year. Much. Happy New Year. Yes. And so thank good. you so much oh, for these recipes, you. which you need to try. Head to yeah. com slash food. We'll be right back. Oh my gosh, so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so much flavor. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
right, tonight in primetime, two of Team USA's biggest stars are going for gold. Snowboarder Chloe Kim and figure skater Nathan Chen. Watch them live beginning at 8 Eastern on NBC and Love Peacock. It. And tomorrow on the third hour of today, we are so thrilled. We're going to be talking live to Mike Myers. It's going to be a fun show. Coming up, uh, Nahoda and Jenna, Bethany Frankel will stop by. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.